I love cooking. Absolutely okay. love it. Yeah, really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, for one of one of my biggest pleasures is when we are able to do it, is having friends around and kind mm. of rust, rustling up something for them. It it takes planning to eat healthily, but when you get into a routine of doing it, it's not difficult. Knowing where to find good information, good reliable information that laymen like me that don't know the ins and outs of, of the, and, and have the depth of knowledge and, and training that you can, especially because a lot of people's lives are so different now as well, would be would be useful. But it's got to be kind of almost like a little drip feed. Hello and welcome to the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. This week, I'm doing something a little bit different. I've asked a good friend of mine, Joe Clark, to join me. She works for the Devon and Cornwall Police, and she is going to share a little bit about how she stays healthy and well. So I hope you enjoy hearing the conversation that Joe and I had together. So, Joe. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It is wonderful to have you on here with me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Now, we are here today to talk about you. This is a little bit of a different podcast for me because oftentimes I'll have practitioners on or people who sell products or supplements, but you are a member of the public. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be really interesting to have you come on and talk with me today about how you manage your health and well-being and what things are important to you as a professional working woman because I know you've got a very busy career you have a lot of responsibilities and you also exercise a lot so I'd just like to have a chance to talk a little bit about that is that okay with you yeah sure that's fine and we're friends. So that's we really nice. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's really nice. It's really great that I can abuse friends. <laughs> friends, family, loved ones. Why not? You know? <laughs> well, you feed me occasionally. So, you know, I have to, re- to return the favor somehow. <laughs> ah, that's true. But not gin. Ooh. Not gin, no. no with that. Anyway, so do you mind starting and just talking a little bit about some of your history like when you were growing up have you always been into health and wellness like for for reference for me I Mm. wasn't when I was growing up I was actually and I still say this I would be a couch potato if I could I'd love it but would you mind just talking a little bit about that and as you were growing up okay yeah I've I've always been an active person it's it's just something that I've been passionate about Mm. since I was a since a wee dot, you know, me and my brother, complete polar opposites. Andrew's very creative. And there was me running around in the back garden playing football, breaking all my mum's flowers out. Um, and I uh, discovered hockey, field hockey, at the age of 14 um, and started playing that um, just through school and then sort of like with a local team and then went up to county level and represented my club at, at sort of like various tournaments and stuff and even went over to America for one summer to do some coaching over there, cool. coaching the kids in the summer camps and stuff, um, which was a, a real honour and a pleasure because I got to meet some of the international team, the American international team over there. And, you know, it was uh, elevated my game over that, that period of 12 weeks, which was fantastic. Um, so, yes, I've always been active. I've run as well, just done 10Ks, half marathons. But then my knees 
decided that they didn't want to do that anymore. So the hockey and the running kind of came to a bit of a grinding halt and then uh, just discovered the love of biking. So to start off with, I did some mountain biking. I've been over to Sierra Nevada in Spain to do some quite gnarly stuff out there and throw myself down silly things. <laughs> and then kind of lost some confidence with that. You know, it does take a bit of a, uh, a mental kind of state to be able to, to throw yourself down stuff that's quite scary um <laughs> and I got to that point where my self-preservation gene kicked in quite heavily and I <laughs> like my face so, so I then kind of moved over to road cycling and approximately six or seven years ago personal circumstances changed and I moved to where I live now and joined the local cycling club and that's when I really really sort of like fell in love with road cycling and and just gone on leaps and bounds from there and you know it's just a fundamental part of my life now just yeah love the adrenaline buzz that you get from from just being active and and churning out miles on the bike and you know for me it's just a real mental leveler as well I, I just could not live without being able to do exercise of on my shape or form you know so if I'm not on the bike I'll be out walking somewhere or pottering around outside so yeah just just really really love it that's nice and you I mean I know that you are one of those that that I'm sure as a child you were always busy and into trouble mm. because you pretty much are like that now aren't you really absolutely nothing changes Deb. <laughs> <laughs> so you work for Devon and Cornwall Police don't you yeah so I work, I work in the buildings department. So we look after all of the soft and hard FM. So that's the kind of cleaning um, waste, which is the soft FM side of the house. And then I physically deal with the, the tangible bricks and mortar. So I'm the one that kind of facilitates all of the repairs and we look at the, the major building works and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's a very, very full on job because you're looking at the whole of Devon and Cornwall portfolio for all of the place so yeah it's never never a dull moment in our organization that's for sure yeah so high pressure yeah. lots of stuff it's, yeah it's 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 hard work it's it's one of those things that you know you when you go into public sector you know it's going to be pretty pretty hard going um they definitely want their pound of flesh you know with all of the cuts that have gone on over the years you know because it's public money and quite rightly so it needs to be assessed and they're making sure that they're spending it in the right way um but it just means that especially our department, we're very cut to the quick, you know, there's not much, not much resilience there, you know, in terms of if people are off sick or, you know, you've got vacancies and things like that. So it's a department that work incredibly hard. I love it. Absolutely passionate about it. Love, love my job. Um, you know, really, really enjoy going in every day and doing it, but it's exhausting. You know, it really is, is quite hard going. And especially with COVID as well, the way things have changed and working from home, it's it's kind of like you know given us a whole new load of challenges that that weren't there before you know at the beginning of this year so yeah I bet mm. it's really difficult because you would you must have had to implement all kinds of different protocols and policies and whatnots yeah. in place for social distancing at yeah. Yeah. so how do you because it's high pressure and I know you've got a big budget that you are in charge of mm -hmm. um so how do you manage your own well-being? What do you do? Because and the, the reason I think this is important for 
healthcare practitioners to listen to is that we're always busy talking amongst ourselves and we will talk about clients. But what mm. I think is really helpful, Joe, is to hear your perspective. You know, what is important to you and, and why? And I just think it's really nice for us to be a bit of a fly on the wall in the nice way yeah, um, yeah. to hear. You know, generally for me, it's a two, two-pronged approach. I mean, you, you know me well, you understand that you know, I've had challenges in terms of mental health, which is why I, I love my exercise, because for me, it's very much a, a meditation. It sort of like takes me away for, from the stresses and the strains of real real life for a, a period of time. Um, and obviously, you understand that the, the, the chemical reactions that go on in your body, so you kind of get that high of, of doing that. But, you know, also, I generally try to eat fairly healthily. Don't get me wrong, you know, I do sneak the odd Burger King occasionally, Deb, and and, and have the odd gin and tonic. You know, I've been known to, to get a little giddy on the old giggle juice occasionally. But um, <laughs> if my diet is rubbish, if I don't get good food in the house, and, you know, I'll, I will never be like you, which is, you know, incredibly regimented around sort of like the, the vegan side of the house, you know, because of, of your dietary requirements. I've I've always tried to to live by that ethos of eating fairly clean. I try not to eat too much processed rubbish, and if I do, not for more than a couple of days, because I physically feel that difference in my body. It kind of makes me feel like I'm in a little bit of a mental fug as well. So as soon as I get, you know, on my plate some nice salmon and some green vegetables and, and pretty food, it definitely makes me feel much more alive. Definitely that clarity of mind. I just generally feel a lot better in my own well-being. So, yeah, you know, we, we all do slip and slide from time to time in terms of what we have and we have those naughties in there. But I think, you know, from my point of view, very much I like to just, yeah, try and eat sensibly and well. It's interesting when me and you talk, you know, because having watched on Netflix, Game Changers, which is yeah. all about kind of like plant-based. And then I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. You know, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a stab at that. And then you whiz yourself into Tesco's and you go, right then, what's going to be a meat substitute? What can I replace chicken with? And then you look at all of the packaging and it's just full of numbers yeah. and preservatives and shit. And then you go, well, what do I do? What do I do? I'd quite like to embrace something like this if there are going to be health benefits, if it's going to make me go faster on the bike or I'm going to get more energy. But unless you've got people like you to tap into, to go, actually, you don't need any of that stuff on the shelf there, Joe. Try that recipe there. Have a look at that little recipe in that book there or poke you in the direction of certain people. You know, for, for people like me, I think you can easily go down the wrong path with mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, as I say, it's just just really kind of trying not to eat too much processed rubbish. I hate beige food. I love beige food, but I hate beige food. <laughs> I look at it and I go, it's beige. It's awful. You're not going to feel very good eating that. Stay away from the beige food. <laughs> you know, beige food sometimes. I mean, you know, you, you know, uh, Robbie is when I say this, but it is really all about a balance. Um, mm. There are times when you just think, I've got to have that or I want to have that. Then yeah. you have it and you enjoy it. Yeah. And that's like us and our cake. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee and cake. It's got to mm -hmm. be done occasionally, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you've seen me and Robbie demolish a nice kind of lemon drizzle in your... 
conservatory <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then give ourselves a proper sugar high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mm-hmm. have. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, there are a couple of different things about that. So, you know, although you're working from home because of COVID, mm. how do you maintain healthy eating? I mean, do you enjoy cooking? Because some people don't. And mm. it's what are, what do you do? I love cooking. Absolutely okay. love it. Yeah, really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, for one of one of my biggest pleasures is when we are able to do it, is having friends around and kind mm. of rus- rustling up something for them. It it takes planning to eat healthily, but when you get into a routine of doing it, it's not difficult. So what I'll quite often do is if I'm cooking for myself or cooking for my partner, I'll kind of do a portion extra and then that will be my lunch the next day. I, you know, do an awful lot of just like cook chicken and have lots of salads and avocado and stuff like that. But for me, it's just very much about probably doing the prep the night before. So then my lunchtime the next day is covered off, especially mm-hmm. if I do have to go into the office. It's it, the lazy, easy option is to just nip up to the canteen on it to Tesco's and buy yourself a sandwich, which doesn't really do me any good because I try not to have too much carbohydrate, too much, too much bread because it doesn't really do me any good um but yeah it's you do have to be quite planned about it because if if you're not it's just easy to sort of like slip into those those bad habits and and then yeah then you're not eating as well as you know you should do and it's not even just eating bad stuff it's just what I know works for my body and what doesn't work for my body but yeah if I wasn't if I wasn't planned and regimented and kind of like know what I want to get when I go to the shops and make sure I've got enough you know sort of like fish or protein or whatever and salads and green vegetables etc etc it's just too easy to kind of yeah fall into those traps of eating the rubbish easy convenient stuff so what was it that drove you to decide to eat different Um, foods I like food I like experimenting with cooking you know people like yourself have always been pretty pretty good you know sort of like when you go how about you try that um (laughs) I find it it's easy to get into those traps of just cooking the same old stuff every single day it is yeah and even though when I'm busy you tend to default to the stuff that you know is quick and easy it's also quite nice to then experiment with different stuff and get recommendations from friends or you could be watching a cooking program on Saturday morning and you just think, oh, that looks really cool. I'm going to give that a go. My partner, sometimes I go, name an ingredient. So he goes, oh, I don't know, prawns. So I'm like, right, that's it. I then go off and find a recipe of something a little different. You know, I've always maybe done a prawn tagliatelle with kind of spring onion and some chili and some lemon and uh-huh. parsley. And I go, right, okay, let's find something different this time. So I, kind of almost set myself little challenges which is just kind of makes it a bit more entertaining then doesn't it you are very good but the thing I find fascinating is it just because you're I mean let's face it the listeners won't know this but I know this you are a very organized person mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. so uh, have you always planned your meals have you no. done that okay no no I I kind of when I go to the shop generally once a week, I'll have a bit of an idea of what I, I'm going to have for the week, but it's not so regimented. I know I'm going to have exactly that meal on that day. But I think when you have a busy lifestyle, if you don't plan to a certain extent, you know, that's that's when it kind of falls down. 
so yeah I do do have to be sort of like fairly fairly organized in my approach to 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 the food that I eat and, and what I'm gonna have and and what was it that got you into the point where you realized there were certain foods that just didn't agree with you were you having a health issue or what was going on mm, I, yeah I've, I've always been quite a stressy person and sort of like when I was growing up you know I had all of the tests for uh, gastro kind of stuff um I think sort of like looking back now I probably would have been diagnosed with IBS as a, as a youngster and I just know that there's certain foods just through process of elimination that I know will will always trigger me. I mean, I love tiger bread. Tiger bread does not love me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go into the detail, Deb. It doesn't love me. <laughs> and it's it's just over the years I've just found out little things. Like I, I really struggle with normal onions, but spring onions seem to aggravate me less. You know, I generally don't eat a huge amount of bread. I don't eat a huge amount of starchy root vegetables and things like that because it just sits heavy and I get stomach cramps and and the like. So, yeah, you know, it has even now. I mean, I don't have a huge amount of dairy. I have butter, but I've moved over to oat milk, which which suits me a hell of a lot better. Um, I find that aggravates me a hell of a lot less. So, yeah, it's predominantly been been driven out of, you know, those those sort of like little health things that, you know, and for your own self-preservation, you just sort of like you learn, don't you? You just sort of like find the stuff that that hurts and doesn't hurt. And then you adapt and, and sort of like just just change your diet accordingly. And was it that you went to see someone and they told you to change the foods that you were eating or you just did some reading or you just thought, well, I just won't eat it and see what happens? Yeah, I kind of I, I was beginning to figure out the stuff that I knew was probably going to cause me problems. I mean, when you do read up about IBS, you go with your standard stuff, you know, like your, your grains and things like that. And and like allium, you know, the onions or your garlic and things like that. Those are your kind of your key factors, really, sort of like with that IBS kind of thing. So I just thought, right, that let's just take a few of those out and just see how we go, see if it settles down. But you know, sometimes I can eliminate those completely from my diet, but because work is so stressful, I still get the symptoms that I would do normally if I was eating those things that would aggravate me. So it's, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, sometimes it's quite difficult to, to figure out the, the stuff that genuinely is causing you problems. And I've never really been officially diagnosed or had any of the tests. So it's just been through process of my own elimination, really. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not doing this to to pump for business would you think about going to see a nutritional therapist to see if there's something that could be done to help you out or are you just happy because I think this is really interesting Joe. you do a lot of things to help yourself but would you even contemplate going to see someone to get any nutritional help I have contemplated it but it's like anything it's sort of like my finances only extend so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to put my money towards those things that help me physically, so like sports massages and things like that, because obviously mm-hmm. that's important to me. So I feel like I've got to a point where I'm, I'm managing my diet to that level where I am probably 85, 90% comfortable. And, and sometimes you do the pleasure pain thing where you know you're going to eat something that's going to really hurt. <laughs> and you just make those executive decisions. But yeah, if I was, if I was really sensible, Deb, yes, I, I, 
you know, I would go and see someone and, and sort of like, you know, probably go down that last 10% and really iron it out and work out where I could make it even better. But yeah, I kind of, yeah, I toy. I toy with the idea, but mm-hmm. I never really do anything about it. So it's like you're just at a, at a place where you think, okay, I'm just going along and this is fine. I'm happy mm. in that. Because it's interesting that you talk about how you, if you're eating well, and I know you do eat well, and I know you really focus on that, which is great. And we, you know, we do talk about foods a, a mm. lot. But what I also find interesting is that from a stressful standpoint, when you say, you're still doing all of those things and your stress levels are just skyrocketing. What are you doing to help yourself? Just like the stress with work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that that's more difficult. I mean, my, my natural release is to jump on the bike and, and was out a few miles and kind of, as I said, that's like my meditation. I'm on annual leave this week because I realized I'd got to that point. It's been an incredibly busy and challenging year and and when you're dedicated and when you're sort of really passionate about what you do you don't want to give in and it almost takes somebody else to turn around to you and go you kind of need to not be here for a few days just to kind of regroup again (laughs) um I mean I'm very very lucky you know to have have sport mechanisms at at our place and a a brilliant boss who who does recognize when her staff are beginning to get to creaking point but you know this week's been fantastic because I've watched a lot of The Crown and I have sat down and I haven't, you know, been on the go the whole time and I've listened to my body and I have chilled out a little bit. But I think, you know, when you're like me and you, which is, I mean, you say you're a couch potato, but you, you're always on the go as well. We're naturally kind of busy people. Mm-hmm. So for us to allow ourselves to sit and chill mm-hmm. and maybe do a little meditation or you know just watch an episode of something on Netflix that in itself is quite a mental battle isn't it (laughs) and causes you stress as well (laughs) yeah I I mean it's quite interesting because people do find that they get more stressed out because they're not doing things like meditating and I Mm. get up earlier so I meditate every morning so you're absolutely right there is that element of oh my gosh I need to do that and I'm not doing that no my gosh and we kind of go into that cycle of wind yeah and it's it's not easy so they're so for me and this is not about me but I'm going to make it about me right now um (laughs) for me I do get up in the morning first thing because if I don't and if I don't do my rebounder I my mental health suffers yeah and you know I've got to to do something to support my own self. So we all find our own mechanisms. And um, Mm. it's, it's so important that we do. Cause I think when you're talking about with COVID you, because you live on your own, Mm -hmm. how has that been for you? You live on your own and you are quite a social person. Although I know you're, you're at ease with yourself, obviously. Yeah. But how has that been for you to manage your stress levels of where you're used to going into work on a daily basis and you haven't been able to do that? How has that been? Uh, at times, horrific. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not been easy at all. You, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I've been conditioned for years and years and years. You get up, you go to school, you go and do your work, you come home from school, and it's exactly the same with work. You know, I've I've worked full time since I was eighteen, um, and I've always been used to getting up, walking out the door, going to a different place, doing what I do, interacting with people face to face 
and then coming home at the end of the day and into a different space. So that transition of literally within days, your organisation says, do not come into the office Mm. and you have to work from home. Initially, we had some IT challenges, which we've we've sort of like got over those hurdles now. So there was an, an initial frustration there to then get to this point what we kind of nine months down the road now it's hard it 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 is hard I consider myself quite introverted I know I can talk to you like this um because mm-hmm. I'm I'm comfortable with you because you're you're kind of one of my trusted kind of inner circle <laughs> kind of people mm-hmm. and over the years I've learned those mechanisms of how to interact with people and talk and do all of the usual stuff but I I like quiet I like my own space. So I kind of thought, oh, that'd be all right working from home. It's it's rubbish. You realise that you do, you know, pick up on other people's energies, just those little kind of, I mean, our, our, the work I do is very much, there's a lot of cross-pollination between the individual departments, sort of like mm-hmm. within our section. And you, you, you don't get that. You don't get that just, looking over at someone and going you're having a bad day do you want mm-hmm. a cup of tea and you know I've 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 had some really dark days sort of like being at home and you wake up and you think crumbs I'm just going to be in these four walls again and I can't go anywhere and I can't do anything and in the summer fantastic four o'clock on the dock computer went off jump on the bike go out daylight hours get some sunshine on your back but now as the winter draws nearer that's becoming harder and harder um, and you wake up in the dark and you're still in the same four walls and then you do your day's work and then it's dark when you finish and yeah it's it's um it's a real challenge and some days it's a real challenge just trying to motivate yourself to to physically do stuff and I'm sure you know there are so many people out there that have been forced down that home working route that, that feel exactly the same it's um yeah it's you know if you can kind of find that happy medium of maybe doing it 50 percent of the time great but you know because we have been forced down this route of you know you're going to be at home most of the time and you're going to be working there it is um it's very very different very very different the the thing that's running around in my mind is what would be things that as practitioners what could we offer you as a sense of support and so I'm mindful of the fact that you want to make sure you spend so much money on your physical fitness. So what would be some things that we could do to support there's that, that lifestyle sense of maintaining that balance. And I don't know that that can be done through anything other than your own socializing with your close knit friends, Mm. but what are some other things that practitioners could do to support you and your health and well being? not only just through COVID, but from a day to day situation um i think i struggled to take too much information on at any one point Mm -hmm. so you know you've got a vast amount of knowledge in terms of supplements you know dietary things that that could you know just make you feel a bit more positive or just give you a little bit more energy and knowing where to find good information, good reliable information that laymen like me that don't know the ins and outs of, of the and, and have the depth of knowledge and, and training that you've had. 
especially because people's lives are so different now as well, would be would be useful. But it's got to be kind of almost like a little drip feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get to middle age like me, it's like I can only take so much information. In. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one bit of information in, another bit of information out. So, <laughs> have you always been that way, though, Joe? I mean, really? I mean, you say that, and you're you're making fun of yourself because actually, you're very switched on and you're very bright. So. I'm only going to let you get away with that so <laughs> because, you know, um, is that, have you always been that way? Because some people like to have copious amounts of information. Are you just someone who's like, just give it to me this way so I can accomplish? Yeah, it depends on the subject. You know, there's certain things I'm incredibly passionate about and just so engaged with. You could just chuck loads and loads of information at me and I absorb it like a sponge. But then there's other things that, it depends on the way that information is delivered to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of like look at historical schooling and, and I'm not the kind of person that sits in a classroom and has someone talk at them mm-hmm. and, and takes it in. I'm got to be that practical application kind of person because um, that's how I absorb, absorb the information, which is why, you know, when we go through stuff and you go and you sit down with me and we talk about things and we we have like a proper dialogue rather than you just going, right, Joe, you need to do this, 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 read that, read that, read that, read that. And I'm like, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm done. But, you know, if we can sit down and have a conversation, then you bring out the tofu and you bring out that and the, and the lentils and show me how you've done this. And I, that's that engages me. That's the kind of stuff. Um, that makes the difference with me because I'll, I'll take it on board then, especially if I do feel like I'm going to get some kind of benefit from it as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now there's something that we've kind of touched on a little bit and, and you said you wanted me to be sure and bring this up. And uh, we've, we've addressed this when you were saying with COVID, there were some dark days for you. Mm-hmm. You asked me to be sure that we talked a little bit about your own mental health and how you manage that. And what you do to take care of yourself? Yeah, um, I mean, we've we've touched on the majority of it anyway. I know that for me, um, a very a very good physical routine in terms of exercise, making sure I go out when it's light outside, you know, burning off a, a few crazies and things like that. That that's it's it's a really big factor for me. It, it is massive. You know, if I don't do that, I can I can feel that that real swing in terms of, of, of how I feel mentally, the food as well. You know, if I'm not eating well, I, I notice the difference, you know, I've always gone along the lines of, you know, the brighter my food, the, the more vibrant the colors in, in the food that I'm eating, I definitely feel more positive. I've, I've had some real peaks and troughs and some, and some real challenges over the last few years. Um, been incredibly lucky to have uh, an organization that supported me through it mm. I've also done an awful lot of proactive stuff myself I've, I've done you have we, we yeah we've talked you know I've done the meditations you've you've poked me in the, in the direction of some of the, the meditations which I, I did I've been doing you know for the last what, three or four months now yeah. um that they're really really good you know, you wake up and like you, you kind of do that first thing, your alarm goes off in the morning and you've got 10, 15 minutes of, mm-hmm. of kind of just bringing yourself in, into that mindset. You know, that's just a really good way to start your day. And I've also gone down the route of getting professional support, you know, through a counsellor. It works for me. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, I'm incredibly lucky to have someone that 
I trust implicitly, have a really good rapport with, um, and yeah, been been fantastic for me and been a real game changer in the last however many months. So um, it's just it's just number of factors. I think you know with mental health, you have to you have to work it out yourself. You have to work out what works for you and what doesn't. I'm lucky that mine's never been that bad. That I've had yeah. to have like really severe interventions. I find it quite galling sometimes that you know there are people out there that really, really, really need the help now, and how difficult it is to get that help. But you know there are just acupuncture. I've done acupuncture as well. You know that that was great. You know proper Chinese acupuncture where they're kind of looking at the meridians and everything, and that was incredibly relaxing and and leveling as well. So, but I am that kind of person. I didn't want to go down the route of, of taking medication. I wanted to try and do things in a different way. And yeah, over the years, I've, I've just, just worked out what, what works. I still get it wrong. There, you know, there are, there are weeks and there are days when you, you just wake up yeah. and you, you feel bad, you know, and you kind of end up in this little, little fog for a few days and then and then it takes quite a lot of strength or amazing friends to help you get out of it but you know there are there are ways um and and yet you just you I've just just worked it out myself you know what, what makes me happy what what makes me tick and what makes me not function particularly well so it's it's been a real learning curve well I have to say you know Joe I'm really impressed that you have done all of this on your own, figuring out how can I take care of myself? And you're right, it is difficult to unpick all the information that's out there. It's impossible because one day you hear, oh, this is good for you. And the next day you hear, oh, that's not good for you. And what do you do and how do you you figure it out? And I think you do an amazing job, really, taking care of yourself and the job that you do have, let's face Mm. it, the work that you do, it's not always glamorous, we know. No. (laughs) Before and after pictures of urinals. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it's such a rock and roll lifestyle. (laughs) But it's so vital. And these are the things that, you know, that we, that people don't think about. And I just think it's, I really appreciate your, your perspective and hearing what you do to take care of yourself through the exercise, through eating different foods. And I'm also impressed mm-hmm. that you have tried and branching out and eating more vegetables and, and taking chances on things and really going for tofu because you had a tofu dish with us for the first time and we watched you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm, smoke tofu. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to try this. Let's see how this goes. And then I was like, in true, Phil style I was like yes <laughs> yeah, oh, everything you everything you've cooked to me has been has been amazing you know I sort of like it's been a real because we did the bean stew as well didn't we bean oh, that's right thing. that's right we did didn't oh, we yeah, yeah that was yeah. real good and that one that I cooked the other day from um from Roots book was was amazing that was really really lovely even though that did have meat in it but um yeah it's, uh, he's brilliant He's oh, it's a fabulous book. Really, really great book. Um, really informative. There was me even kind of sprouting my own lentils. <laughs> I, I know. I'm impressed for someone who really was just, a, and you used to say that you were really eating meat 
in every mm-hmm. meal, weren't you? Yeah. And now it's yeah. not so much. So I, I think it's it, it's really interesting to hear how you've made your own progression and made these changes in your life. I mean, did you know that a, a quarter of the population in the UK don't do a half hour's worth of exercise? Really? Yeah. Oh, my days. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting, but that's the way it is. So you, you do so much to take care of yourself. And that's why I think it's really, or for me, and I hope for people who are listening, it's really good to hear your perspective because you are well, and but there's that element of you're just getting on with it. And I think it's important mm. for us to understand how we can support people like you. So you feel even better because that's the objective is for yeah. you to continue to feel better and thrive and you do a lot of stuff. So is there anything that you would like to add from our discussion that we have? No, I don't think so. Okay. That's pretty much it. Right. Well, listen, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, folks, that's all for today. I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. I hope you enjoyed hearing Jo share her perspective and how she stays healthy and well. I'm going to have more people like Jo come on so it gives us insights on how we can help them improve their health and well-being. So then, there are a couple of things, as usual, that I'm going to ask you to do. And one of them is, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. That's always a really a great help. And to those of you who have left me a review and subscribed, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And in addition to having people like Joe come on, I've got a great rota of people that are going to be joining me. I am going to take a little break over the Christmas period, so there will be one week where I will not be uploading a new show. But I'll have a new show ready for you 4th January 2021. In the meantime, there are a few other things I'd like to talk with you about. And you've got it. One of them is going to be about that Belican. You have got to bounce soft to feel good. And I can honestly tell you, it really is one of the best things that I have done to help my health and well-being this year. If you'd like to find out more information, you know I'm an affiliate. I'll be sure and provide a link in the show notes, or you can send me an email and I'll be sure and share some information with you about this wonderful company. I'd also like to let you know that we do have an event scheduled in March 2021. We don't know yet whether it's going to be in person or online, but watch this space and we'll be sure and keep you posted as and when we can. I'd like to thank each and every one of you again for listening to my podcast. But for now, I'd like to wish you and yours the very best of health. Bye for now. Bye.